Hello, hello, and welcome to another Hometown Daily News Show. Season 2, episode 115 for April 25th, 2023. I guess we need Earth-to-Moon GPS after all. And here's a quick rundown of tonight's articles. Uh, Japan's first moon landing has ended in failure. Drivers in this state spend the most time in traffic congestion. Two, uh, two ways AirPods. I don't know why they say it like this. Two ways that AirPod Pro, AirPods Pro, AirPods Pro, whatever, can protect your hearing at loud concerts and music festivals. High speed LA to Las Vegas uh, railway gets bipartisan backing. GM and Hyundai uh, announce EV battery plants and hopefully no child labor involved. Experimental water release to continue Lake Mead rise. Star Trek resurgence is resurging in May. Dune part two was announced um, with a trailer and it involves a giant sandworm and the spice must flow. And uh, NASA is planning to protect Earth from asteroids and comets. And we'll find out how. And uh, Wiz, W-I-S-Z. Wait, no, W-I-Z-S. Wow, Wiz. This is a hot mess intro. Inexpensive smart lights now work with Apple Home, thanks to Matter. I'd issue a do-over and red card myself and whatever, but let's get into tonight's articles. I don't, but I'm even on the wrong page. <laughs> uh, all right, folks. Professional. Over 560 episodes. Yeah. Or 460. Jeez, I don't even remember what number I'm on anymore. I swear I haven't been drinking much. Not enough. Or not enough. I'm not sure. It's only caffeine. I haven't had any alcohol in any real amount of time. By the way, I started out already hot mess two minutes into the article or into the show. Jeez, can't even talk today. What's that phrase? Woosah. Woosah. Okay, anyway, like the Trolls episode two or whatever it is, the one where they go twink, 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 oh, the I ears and the scene. eyes. <laughs> Just relax, relax, whatever it is. Okay, anyway, I am Mayor Watt. That is hometown.com. Up there is the AI. Just say hi, AI. Hi, AI. Good evening, hometown citizens. Um, I don't know if I want to even continue today. Ah, oh, man, <laughs> everything is just one hot mess after another. Hey, did you know that TikTok is launching generative AI avatars? And if you follow the link that's currently somewhere on the first few pages of hometown, you can find out what they look like. It's in the late night geeks channel. I did not know that, but I don't use TikTok. Yeah, neither do I. You want to know why? Why is that? I don't have time for it. Get it? TikTok. 
don't have time for it. Yeah. And and it's all being fed to the CCP. Anyway, first article, Late Night Geeks. Japan's first moon landing has ended in lawn dart. I mean, failure. Now, I commend uh, Japanese scientists and uh, researchers and everybody that was involved in the development of all of this. Um, congratulations on getting it to inches of landing from what I saw. Uh, unfortunately, something happened in the last few moments. It was, it was 0.02 kilometers from touchdown. Um, when it last updated. Yeah, well, and so nobody knows what happened just yet. I'm sure that they do now, but based on when I watched this happening, um, they didn't know what actually happened. Maybe it says here in the, oh, it says we have not confirmed communications from the lander. So um, I'm sure that they'll send something out there to look and see what the heck happened. So what have been the what would have been the first private moon landing has ended in failure after Japanese startup iSpace lost contact with its lunar lander, as reported earlier by the Washington Post. As the Hakuto R Mission 1 lander inched closer to uh, the moon's surface, engineers found that they no longer they were no longer able to communicate with the spacecraft. Yeah, um, I actually watched this happen. Kind of a bummer. Uh, Emma Roth over at The Verge uh, wrote this article. iSpace lost contact with the rover just moments before it was set to touch down on the lunar surface. Let's scroll down a little bit. Um, last December, iSpace launched its Hakuto R lander from Cape Canaveral, Florida, atop SpaceX's Falcon 9 rocket. The lander embarked on a three month long journey to reach lun lunar orbit before it was supposed to touch down on the surface on Tuesday. That's this morning. Things seemed to be going as planned until the engineers received no response from the spacecraft after it's expected 12.40 p.m. Um, Eastern uh, touchdown. So, yeah, it's supposed to look like that and land, but who knows what it's actually going to end up. Maybe it's still functioning, just not communicating, and it just had a hard landing. Just don't know yet. When that would do they be kind think of. They're gonna find out. I'm sorry. I said, when do they think they're gonna find out, or maybe they don't know? I don't know. Um, there might be something in orbit right now that I just don't know about um, that can look down and see, but uh, we'll find out in the coming days as they research what might have happened. Pretty neat, though. Um, here, let me throw this URL into the VOD so that. Anybody that's in chat can actually follow along. Um, and uh, you want to move on to the next article? Sure. Okay. So the next one is in the mobile channel. Drivers in this state spend the, most of the time in traffic congestion, according to research. So the story at a glance is a, a new analysis from the Reason Foundation breaks down how much time drivers spend in traffic. And according to the, re, the, the report, New Jersey drivers spend the most time stuck in traffic in 2020. Meanwhile, Wyoming drivers spend the least amount of time in traffic congestion that year. So we know why Wyoming, because they have to leave all their EVs at the state border. So there isn't a lot of traffic. That's true. And and uh, horses and uh, steel wrapped 
wooden wheels don't really take up much space. If you all get the impression that we're a little irritated with Wyoming, it's because, well, they seem pretty regressive. At least the administration there currently seems pretty regressive in their overall management of Wyoming. You know, I understand, you know, keeping it rural and whatnot, but, you know, keeping it 1840s rural is a whole other thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, this is over at thehill.com. Alejandro O'Connell Domenech is the author of this article. And I remember I used to spend close to six hours in traffic um, a day. And uh, I, I have despised the whole idea of doing that ever, ever, ever again. And um, that's why I'm very, very extremely hip to the idea of telework and digital nomads. And basically if you can do it without having to set foot in an office, then by God, you should. And all you uh, bosses out there that are regressive in that sense, that, but in seat equals actual performance, I can tell you where your head is and it's lodged where it should be seated. Anyway, um, New Jerseyans spend more time stuck in traffic than drivers from any other state, according to a report. The recently published Reason Foundation report used data from the Texas A&M Transportation Institute's 2021 Urban Report to rank all 50 states by how much time drivers spend in road traffic. On average, drivers in urban parts of the United States spent 27.04 hours in traffic delays in 2020. An entire day. Right. Um, I wouldn't have predicted New Jersey, though. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that New Jersey has bad traffic. Yeah. And, well, I mean, it's New Jersey, New York. It's high-density, high-population locations. You know, they, exactly. they have just the state, but you know where it really is, you know? Like, right. there's only certain places where high-density and um, usually it's high density because of the population that's living there. And then on top of it, tourists. So New sure. Jersey, New York, Massachusetts, Texas, Rhode Island, Illinois, California, Delaware, and Connecticut, and Oklahoma. I wouldn't okay, think Oklahoma. So, yeah, that one's a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, it's interesting. And considering this is only 10 in... Pardon me. We're only 10 in. Sorry. I changed a, um, a, um, a setting on my mouse and now I scroll like the Dickens. Anyway, um, it says on average drivers in urban areas of the United States spent nearly a day stuck in traffic delays. And that's getting really close to the number 10 mark out of 50 states for crying out loud. Yeah. Right. But then the lowest, I think, was only five or six hours, which that almost sounds impossible. Is that the Wyoming one? Yes. Yeah. I forgot exactly how many it was, but it was really low. Oh, oh six and a half. 6.5 hours. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't think that you should be stuck in traffic for crying out loud. Wyoming has, I don't know, maybe five times the amount of people that my uh, hometown had 35 years ago. <coughs> Come on. The entire state has like a, a drip of population. You could probably drive in an ever increasing circle for a day and a half and still not hit something. I'm not sure it's that sparse. <laughs> but that's funny. Uh, uh, search and rescue missions in Wyoming consist of standing there and just turning around slowly and going, oh, they're there. Because there isn't anybody else. <laughs> All right. The next article is over on the Smack Talk channel. Two ways AirPods Pro, it's like attorneys general, uh, can protect your hearing at loud concerts and music festivals. Uh, one of the headlining features of the of a, what? OK, never mind. I'm just going to go over to the article. Chance Miller over at nine to five Mac put this article together and I'm trying to figure out how it, this was actually constructed the sentence. So. One of the headlining features of AirPods Pro 2 is something Apple calls adaptive transparency mode. This feature builds on the transparency mode feature Apple introduced with the original AirPods Pro, which let outside sound in so you can hear what's going on around you. This feature pairs with improved active noise canceling, another way to protect your hearing health. Sorry for the dead air there. I had to cough and the AI is just throwing an error message. And this article was just, the word was kind of strange, but I guess I'm Does trying it, to figure out how it's letting sound in, but protecting your hearing at the same time. Because it's reducing the amplitude of it. So generally electronic dance music festivals can sit between 100 and 120 decibel, which over several days at a festival like Glastonbury or Boomtown can have adverse several days. If you're sitting there listening to something that loud for several days, you've got other issues. You should you should be wearing some serious sound protection minutes, let alone hours. Never mind days. That should not be a measurement. Anyway, it can have adverse effects on your hearing. Uh, the report explains for context, Apple says the following noise levels and exposure times can lead to temporary or even long term hearing loss. So 80 decibels for five hours and 30 minutes a day. That doesn't seem like that much, but. This article, I swear, sometimes I read some articles and, and it's chat GPT just like bleh. Anyway, the report says uh, 100 decibels, even a few minutes a day can uh, cause temporary or long-term hearing loss. Uh, yes, I'd say minutes a day at 100 to 120 decibels. You're basically having a jet land on you. Um, so the report focuses primarily on active noise cancellation, which can reduce sound by up to 23 decibels. High snobiety, high snobiety. Is that, am I reading that right? 
I think so, but who came up with that name? <laughs> wow. Anyway, it has found this to make a huge difference at loud, loud festivals. Yeah. Okay. We're 16 minutes in. No shit news. Yes. Active noise cancellation and anything that suppresses audio amplitude is going to make a huge difference, particularly at loud festivals. Anyway, there's one more thing that AirPods 2 can offer to help you at your protected or help protect you um, at festivals and concerts, adaptive transparency mode, which will let sound certain sound in. Um, adaptive transparency mode is pretty incredible. Even in a concert setting, the author here writes, I think it's from, yeah, Tim Toda, who's speaking to nine to five Mac. They've only used it in a handful of times during a concert and sound check for work, but it seems like the AirPods pro filter the noise really cleanly. And you noticeably tell the difference between your naked ears and wearing your AirPods. Um, it's quite strange because your brain is telling you, you should sound incredibly loud. It should sound incredibly loud, but you're hearing sound that is completely bearable. So it basically downgrades the amplitude. Um, which I, I mean, I think it's great. And depending on the fidelity of it, then it is really an amazing piece of equipment. Um, and something that if they were to resize them for kids, um, I think that that would be a wonderful thing because then people can, uh, put them on their kids and take them wherever they want. Um, because it's, for kids, the sound deadening devices, it's either all or nothing. There's nothing in between. Um, but having something like uh, the uh, adaptive ability seems pretty, pretty good for, for kids, but they're expensive. I think they're, what, how much are they? I think they're like $500 or something. Um, yeah, I, there's no price. Anyway. Pretty cool, you know, it sound it deadens the sound all by itself with noise cancellation and you can allow sound in um in a controlled manner through the adaptive feature. So, so they're $249 for the second generation. I don't know if that's the latest. So 250 bucks? Yeah, it is the second gen, yeah. So there you go. Uh, that's probably on par with the most I've ever paid for um earbuds not big old cans these are actually pretty large and they're heavy in aluminum um so if you plan on using them for anything other than well if you sleep with headphones on or anything like that or doze off you're gonna wake up with a crick in your neck as if you were sleeping in the tundra of wyoming anyway the next article is there no tundra in wyoming here, let me put this article over I in. I don't know. You're the AI. You're supposed to be able to parse the world's knowledge without any struggle at all. Come on. So they do have Tundra cars or trucks, um, which is what immediately came up. Um, but there is Alpine Tundra, but I don't. So, yes, there is some. All right. Oh, hey, look at that. A little known fact that tundra causes cricks and necks, but only in Wyoming. 
Okay, so the next article is over in Rounders Gear, and honestly, I can't tell you why it's sitting there. I don't know what Gatherer was doing, but it just threw it in there. It must be from the source, so it is from the source. Um, a high-speed LA to Vegas railway gets bipartisan backing, and it's that's why. It's because it's, it's going Vegas, from Las Vegas. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So a bipartisan congressional group from California and Nevada asked the Biden administration on Monday to fast track federal funding for a high speed railway link from L.A. to Las Vegas that was first proposed in 2009. So pretty cool. Um, let's hope that this train doesn't become allergic to its tracks. Corey Levitan is the um, author over at Casino.org and um in a letter to U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, five of ne uh, Nevada's elected federal lawmakers and four House members from California asked for $3.75 billion for the Brightline West project from the Biden-backed federal infrastructure law. The project will cost $10 billion, 70% of which will come from uh, private funding, according to Brightline, using a combination of debt and equity. So it will be a an expensive train ride, I suppose, because people aren't going to want to uh, foot a seven billion dollar bill for low cost travel. So it says that uh, Brightline already runs a high speed rail between Miami and West Palm Beach in Florida. Plans to connect Las Vegas with Rancho Cucamonga, California. 220 miles southwest via 200 mile per hour passenger trains that run mainly within the I-15 median. Brightline's projects on average uh, travel time of two hours and 15 minutes, half the time the trip currently takes in a car during the average weekend. Okay, wait a second. Did you see the median part? Yeah. So... It'll, be, it'll be in between the freeway. Right, but I'm already thinking that's a little crazy in the freeway area, and I'm thinking about all of our train problems that we've been seeing. Uh, that strikes me as a little bit problematic. Hey, trains like to be snug with cars. You know what I don't get with this, though? It's 200 miles per hour, and it's half the time. Right, why isn't it, say, a quarter of the time or whatever? Yeah. I guess it its peak performance is 200 miles because it if it's a 220 mile trip right why isn't wouldn't it, it take an hour over an hour right yeah uh, maybe you're right though maybe that's the maximum speed or something all right well yeah, I mean, it, it ramps up from nothing and then halfway through it starts breaking. So it slows down enough in time. I don't know. I really don't know. Anyway, I think it's pretty cool. I would love to have maglev trains, though. Um, they're they're pretty darn amazing pieces of kit. Um, and they are much, much, much less prone to becoming allergic to their track and flinging themselves off at high speed mainly because they are coupled to the track <laughs> and incapable of launching themselves off unless something really, really bad happens. Anyway, 
let's um let's keep on going through the articles this next article is over in the late night geeks channel um looks like i highlighted hyundai because uh i always have a sarcastic comment about hyundai nowadays considering they had underage workers and night shifts <laughs> in one of their plants apparently here in the states Two major automakers announced separate plans to build electric vehicle battery plants in the U.S., a sign that the fast-paced expansion of EV manufacturing in the country has yet to slow down. Eh, I guess we'll find out if they've actually found a resolution to the lack of lithium um, and the fact that China has been buying up all of the lithium supplies around the world. General Motors announced it will pair up with Samsung SDI to jointly invest $3 billion in electric vehicle battery plant in uh, the U.S. And separately, Hyundai said that it would join uh, a joint venture with another South Korean battery maker, SK On, for a $5 billion investment in battery factory in Georgia. You know, everybody becomes friends when there's enough money. Um, so this article is over at, uh, the verge by Andrew J Hawkins. And it basically says what I just went over expected to start in 2026. The GM Samsung battery or sorry about not battery factory. will have more than 30 gigawatt hour of capacity, bringing GM's total U S battery cell capacity to about 160 gigawatt hours. Uh, when it is at full production, GM is currently building four other battery factories in the U.S. for a total annual capacity of 140 gigawatt hours. I had uh, somebody do um, a pitch uh, today, as a matter of fact, um, talking about um, electric vehicles and the fact that uh, with their research, with their discussions, People have no idea what's coming when they buy an EV. They do not realize that within five to 10 years, the battery will have to, or a hundred thousand miles, the battery will have to be replaced. And it's somewhere to the tune of 15 to $20,000. And it's not going to get cheaper. And then what's going on with that battery? Where does it end up? Well, we know that there's one company that's trying to do recycling for it. Oh boy. Well, and what does that mean if you've purchased a car and now you need a new battery? I mean, that's almost a half or whatever of the cost of the vehicle. Yeah. So it's within 10 years, you're going to have to have a new $15,000. Let's just say $15,000. Uh, cheaper, smaller cars will have cheaper, smaller batteries. So what is the average? I don't know what the current average is. And I'd really be reluctant to look for it because there are a lot of higher end large batteries that will tilt it in one direction and so right now i'd say you'd have to figure out you know the mean mode and median to, uh, well, and have they really been around in large enough quantities to have good data yet maybe yeah i'd say that there's some you could extrapolate from five years worth of information so it says the announcement comes to South Korean President Yoon Suk Yeol is traveling to Washington to meet with President Joe Biden. 
South Korean automakers have been lobbying the Biden administration about new rules prohibiting vehicles manufactured outside the U.S. from receiving the $7,500 EV tax credit. Hey, you can reduce that bill socially, but that's socialism and it's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, new rules that just went into effect further restrict the tax credit to vehicles with battery materials mined and processed in the U.S. or by its trade partners. Well, what can I say? Uh, that just reminded me of I don't want to buy anything, sell anything. <laughs> or, or process anything. I don't yeah. want to buy anything bought, sold, or processed. I really just want to hang with your daughter. <laughs> Let's move on to the next article. The, uh, the next article is experimental water release to continue Lake Mead rise. I'm not quite sure why they phrase it this way. It's not experimental water. Um, a large release of water from Lake Powell uh, began Monday morning, sending water on a two-day journey through the Grand Canyon, where it will help restore sandbars and beaches while moving sediment downriver to Nevada's Lake Mead. What? The lake is entirely made of mead? I'm thirsty. I was thinking of the people rafting or whatever down the Grand Canyon. I hope they know that all this water is coming. <laughs> yeah, hey. Uh, um, so Duncan Phoenix, which is a badass name. I, I love that name. Um, writes for the hill. And I'm going to push this. I'm going to play this. It's muted, but I'm really curious. I, I've seen videos of this kind of stuff happening before where they open up the gates and water just comes pouring out and it it doesn't just like just come out a little bit. It's like a fire hose. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, anyway, go take a drink. A large release of water from Lake Powell began Monday morning, sending water on a two-day journey through the Grand Canyon. Monday's water release from the Glen Canyon Dam is known as a high-flow experiment, or HFE, by the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation. The National Park Service is working with reclamation to ensure people using the Colorado River and the canyons know a surge of water is on the way, which is what the AI just said. <laughs> There's somebody in a boat right in front of the surge going right <laughs> wearing a shirt that says i'm with the reclamation department if you see me running try to keep up the last reclamation conducted uh, uh, an hfe uh was in october i'm making up stuff um was in november 2018 and has been doing them sporadically since 1996 Lake Powell, much like Lake Mead, has seen its water level rise and subside over the years. But the last time it was full was the summer of 1983. Oh, those were the times when I was carefree. That summer, Reclamation released more than 100,000 cubic feet per second to lower the reservoir and help the downriver canyons. Pretty neat. There's a whole bunch of news or information at this article, so I would encourage you to go and check it out. Want to move on to the next article? Sure. Right on. And feel free, you know, you can throw in your two cents or four cents or 
like the bank of change, a dime, which consists of two nickels or 10 pennies. Star Trek like resurgence. Bank of change. It is the bank of change. Um, so Star Trek resurgence is now set to arrive in May. This is over on the Warcrafters channel. Um, Star Trek Resurgence looked like the real deal when they checked it out in March 2022. It's the first Trek anything to capture the spirit of the 90s show in a long, long time. Senior editor Wes Fenlon declared. Sadly, six months later, it was delayed from its planned release in 2022 to April 2023. And now it's May 2023. So what did I just get done talking about maybe two days ago? about kind of the i don't know the the tenor of the star trek shows in terms of like the optimism versus the dark um themes yeah and look at this star trek resurgence is actually still going to happen yay with april 2023 now in its final throws i come to you with good news and bad news the Bad news is that it won't be out this month. The good news is that it will, barring unforeseen and extremely last minute delays, be out next month, according to this writer over at PCGamer.com. Andy Chalk is the author, and it says uh, the big Trek adventure from former Telltale developers won't make its April re release target, but it's coming soon. Anyway, um, looked like the real deal when they checked it out. Um, I'm I'm curious. I don't know uh, what is going to come of this, um, but we'll see. Um, I'm a, I'm a fan of lower decks. I'm a fan of, uh, you know, I can honestly say that there isn't anything that I won't watch unless it's bad, that kind of a thing. But uh, I don't know. I, I think that Star Trek should be, like live action. Um, you can get away with a whole lot more in anime um, or in a game, but uh, I don't know. It says based on what they've seen so far, the team that also understands what makes Star Trek tick, the resurgent preview session uh, was brief, but featured copious techno babble, warring aliens, none of them as advanced as the Federation, of course, and a diplomatic uh, crisis then can only be handled by a military, a career military officer. So um, we'll, we'll check it out. Uh, I'm not sure really what to expect from Star Trek resurgence. Um, and, yeah, I didn't uh, realize it was animated, but maybe it'll be good. Yeah. I, let me see something real quick because. Oops. See, I haven't really heard about this, so I'm really curious what it actually is. Um, it's a video game, so. Oh, well, yeah. that explains the PC gamer connection. Well, yeah, but, you know, I thought I thought maybe that it was actually something other than just a game. Um, well, so did I. So. Yeah, I had never really heard of Star Trek Resurgence. So let's see what it's going to be like. At least I'll be able to check it out. Now, the AI isn't really into games, so we'll I'll, I'll talk about it if it's worth talking about. 
kind of like Dune. The uh, next uh, release of Dune is right around the corner. And Dune Part 2 de debuts a breathtaking trailer. Timothy Chalamet rides a giant sandworm, assumes rightful role as a Fremen leader. Timothy Chalamet um, it, uh, has assumed his rightful place as Muad'Dib. Prophet of the Fremen in the first trailer for Dune Part 2. And in the first movie, Paul Atreides is a student. We really see Paul Atreides become a leader here, Chalamet said at CinemaCon on Tuesday, teasing a first look at the sci-fi epic. This is over at Variety.com by Brent Lang. Um, this is the scene where uh, Duncan and uh, Paul Atreides fight with the shield and only the slow blade penetrates the shield. So it's a really cool effect. If you do something that's high kinetic, it just glances off. But if you move slowly through it, it'll pierce it. It's a pretty interesting um, concept. Um, now I can't remember the name of the shield. Oh, it was in my head and I kept on talking through it. Anyway, Zendaya is in it, or Zen, yeah, Zendaya, sorry. Um, and she plays Chani, who is a, a Fremen um, fighter. Um, and but all of this is really shield. the Holtzman shield, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's a pretty cool idea. And um, anyway, uh, all of this is going to be amazing. So part one was spectacular. Part two will either end up being the lead into a part three, which is it would just make my head explode if there were more than two episodes of this. And I would uh, definitely watch and, and buy both of them. In fact, I might. Oh, because of what um, that. Uh, whatchamacallit, my <laughs> brain. I swear today I am just so distracted. Um, Direct TV, right? Uh, we talked about it yesterday. Direct TV supposedly saved my account, um, updated the billing information from me reporting my card lost stolen. They gave me one notice apparently. Um, and then they terminated my account, wiping it off the records entirely, except that I could still log in in the way that direct TV works. Um, and the number of times it's been merged and split off from AT&T just turned it into a hot mess where I had the same login for two different accounts. All I want to do is just build a giant hand and smack the entire institution, the entire enterprise of direct TV, because they really don't know what the hell they're doing. I mean, from end to end, they do not know what they're doing. So I moved on to a different service. So, so there and, goes another sponsor. <laughs> there goes another sponsor. But luckily the sponsor is, I mean, the one that, sorry, they're not a sponsor, at least not yet, but I'll sing their praises until they screw up too. But you don't, you don't pay me to be your cheerleader, you know, I will be your cheerleader and because I sing your praises, sure, you can pay me. But 
you, you can't buy my fandom. What buys my fandom is that you pr provide a, a, an extraordinary service, one that I'm actually paying for and one that you are raising your prices year after year with no additional benefit other than it persists. You know, you're surviving attrition and with your shitty infrastructure, all I want to do is leave. And that's exactly what you made me do. Uh, direct TV now or stream or AT&T TV stream or now or whatever the hell your name is. You suck. Anyway, I'll be watching Dune somewhere else. And y'all will not get my money again. Um, so it says we went to all new locations. Everything is new. Yeah. They say in the film, but doggone it, my streaming service is a whole new no a whole new location and everything is new and fast and 4K and DirecTV sucks. Okay. Enough. The spice must flow. Anyway, the next article is over in the Marvel channel. That really triggered me. I have to tell you. The next article is uh, over on the Mobile Channel, here's how NASA is planning to protect Earth from asteroids and comets. The large impact craters dotting our planet are powerful reminders that asteroids and comets strike the Earth from time to time. As said, it's uh, not a question of if, it's a matter of when our planet will face an impending strike from space. Yay. Um, but an impact is one... Uh, existential threat humanity is finally starting to take seriously and wrap its head around. We've done this already. We've fired an impactor at a an asteroid around an asteroid. Um, that was the dart, I think it's referred to. And, right, uh, and blew that was it. just in the last year, right? Yes. Um, and it kind of blew it off track. Well, uh, Nancy Atkinson at Universe Today wrote an article that's published in uh, fizz.org and it's seemingly spurred by, well, they start out with that article uh, with the, the DART project, seemingly spurred by the success of the double asteroid redirection test or DART, NASA just released a new planetary defense strategy and action plan describing its efforts to find and identify potentially hazardous objects um, to provide an advanced warning system and then even push them off an impact trajectory. They better find out years in advance. This 10-year strategy, oh, look at that, um, looks to advance efforts to protect the Earth from a devastating encounter with a near-Earth asteroid or comet. So we're basically going to have to monitor in a spherical uh, surveillance network <laughs> And then notify the authority that has the ability to send it off track. Let's just hope that whoever does that doesn't angle it so that it's in the right direction to hit the enemy. Well, right. I mean, doesn't a lot of that rely on some good cooperation around the globe, which that exists in some locations, but not in others. Hey, we will set the asteroid off course as long as you give us Ukraine. 
The 46-page NASA Planetary Defense Strategy and Action Plan, which is just an awesome title to hear for something uh, in, in my lifetime. Planetary Defense Strategy and Action Plan just reads so sci-fi. Well, exactly. It doesn't even sound like a legitimate thing. <laughs> yeah, there's only one person on the planet that could make the the, the phrase Space Force sound really stupid. Um, and unfortunately, that's how I hear it in my head is with that stupid voice. Anyways, this um, this action plan was released on April 18th, 2023 and follows another document that was put out on April 3rd by the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy. Um, the National Preparedness Strategy and Action Plan for Near-Earth Object Hazards and Planetary Defense. All, I just want to, I want to be involved in this. Uh, each of the reports focuses on enhancing the detection, characterization, and responses to impact threats, as well as improving international cooperation for coordinating uh, strategies among government agencies. This is what we were talking about. So this is all just amazing stuff. Um, and, and the real bummer about this is we need a lot of surveillance because there's a whole lot of empty space out there that might be populated with something only 10 meters, but could still, well, <laughs> ruin a large part of the planet. <laughs> right. I mean, what if it hit something like an electrical grid or a nuclear power plant or any number of things? Yeah, just a city. Uh, it's just going to be a nightmare. So they give a whole bunch of stats and stuff like that. Um, but really, the idea of talking about this was to draw attention to the fact that there is a plan in place and they're starting to work towards uh, protecting the Earth from uh, near Earth objects, hazards that might come and, and land um, in our own backyard. So pretty neat stuff. Let's go on to the next article and the last one for tonight. Uh, this last article um, is kind of near and dear to me because hue bulbs have gotten really expensive, um, at least because I think the pandemic, maybe the price is starting to drop, um, but I just bought six more and uh, they're they're not cheap. Well, Wiz's inexpensive smart lights now work with Apple Home, thanks to Matter. This is in the Late Night Geeks channel, probably because of the source. Uh, maybe there's something in here that triggered Gather to throw it into uh, Late Night Geeks. But smart lighting company Wiz has updated all its smart bulbs, lamps, and plugs manufactured in early 2021 and later uh, to Matter, which is this interoperable um protocol that allows smart devices to uh, interact in, in in the same way um beating its sister brand Philips Hue to the punch the company's new app Wiz V2 now lets users migrate any compatible product to the new smart home standard directly in the app and from there add them to any matter compatible platform including Apple Home which is kind of my dream come true because um, I do use Apple um, in Omtown and um, I hue bulbs require hubs. When you hit a certain capacity in a hub, you have to get another hub and it gets all 
it becomes a hot mess with syncing and babysitting. And then if something goes hinky, then you have to redo everything. And if a hub fails, which I ha I've had that happen, it becomes even worse. Um, so it falling under matter and then all of them being updated would be spectacular, but Hugh just doesn't do it. So let's go over to The Verge and Jennifer Pattison Tui is the author of this article. The smart lights from Signify can be upgraded to matter with uh, the new Wiz app. And it looks like there's a Wiz camera on the way, according to the article. So previously, the Wiz smart lighting line was only compatible with smart uh, Apple's smart home platform through Siri shortcuts. Um, now with matter, many of its products can be added to the Apple home app and controlled al along with any other product. Um, supported by Apple Home. Signify, which owns both brands, has said Philips Hue will also be matter compatible, but the update has been delayed. Yes, indeed it has. These lights that are behind me are actually twinkly lights, and I can say, hey Siri, turn off the twinkly lights. And Unfortunately, anybody that's watching this and has twinkly lights and Siri just had their lights turn off as well. Honestly, during a presentation, I don't know how Apple actually stops Siri from setting up, getting set off all over the place when they say commands, but somehow they do it. And we've watched that happen. Um, that said, now I have to turn my twinkly lights back on, but I'm not gonna because we're at the end of the show. So it's lights out for us anyway. So let us walk on back to the other side of town and mash that welcome sign. Let's, uh, let's look at some of these articles and see if there's anything interesting to end on. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't what know. about the Texas bill for staff members doubling as armed uh, sentinels? What? Oh, <laughs> that? Yes. Yeah, I had a discussion with um, a couple of people today about that. That now th they want to do. And there's another state that has un. What is it? It's. I saw something in the news, but I don't remember what it was it, exactly. Unlicensed concealed carry in one state. Um. And, uh, and now it's, you get up to $25,000 for staff members doubling as sentinels. You, you know, <laughs> how to say dystopian without saying dystopian, having people referred to as sentinels for crying out loud. Uh, my God. I don't know. That one's really wacky. Urban Artifact Brewery announces eighth anniversary festivities. So maybe we can include that in tomorrow's uh, stream, but we've already hit our limit for the time frame and for the articles. We only had 10 and I didn't soapbox. So we're in under an hour. I think this has rarely happened. <laughs> it, it, it's an April 25th miracle. We're going to have to... <laughs> <laughs> is this going to be an annual event? It, it's only going to take place on April 25th <laughs> from now on. <laughs> it's the only time that I'll do it. And if we keep on blabbering on. Um, That's right. We're going to miss it. We're Well, no, we have a little bit of time. 
Yeah. Let's see. Are you thinking about buying tech stocks? Here's how to manage yeah. risk according to a fund manager. Don't do it. <laughs> right. That's a good way to manage risk. <laughs> <laughs> um, Invest a little a, bit. Hmm? Oh, there's a Quasar article that might be interesting. A Can I roll past down. it? Yeah, go down about mm, a little farther. Um, oh, right here, okay. that one. Mm -hmm. Astronomers solve the 60-year mystery of quasars, the most powerful objects in the universe. That was posted an hour ago. Folks, if you're interested in stuff, there is all kinds at Omtown because it all gets gathered, news gets gathered up, little snippets, not the whole article. Um, that's actually not allowed. And um, it gets funneled into six main categories and then currently still 47 um, channels, which are supposed to be launched here on Twitch. Um, but I've been focusing on the daily news show. A few more articles into our channels that might be coming, but we're kind of holding off and, and chatting about it. And if you're interested in being a host or co-host, get in touch with the mayor. Just send an email to mayoratometown.com. Don't forget, all of these articles are posted in the show notes for every episode going all the way back to last year, January 1st. And you can go over to uh, hometown.showbot.tv and vote for tonight's articles to see which topics are really interesting to people. Um, at around 8 o'clock tomorrow, I'll be purging those from the system and adding another 10 or 11 or 12 or depending on the news if it's really compelling we'll keep on stacking them up sound good sounds great okay folks again i'm Mirwat. that's hometown.com and up there is the ai from on high you want to say bye ai bye ai good night hometown citizens and we'll see you tomorrow night at 9 p.m eastern Bye-bye.